Coming to you from Nashville, Tennessee, this is the award-winning Parareality Radio. Good evening, everybody. My name's Sandman, and I'm here with my part-time co-host, Mr. Eric Patterson, from World We Live In Podcast, and we're going to be your host for the next uh, couple of hours this evening on this very special episode of Parareality Radio. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Well, you know, it's Friday, December the 1st, 2019, and that means it's time for another special episode of everyone's favorite paranormal podcast, Parareality Radio. Well, welcome back to the co-host chair, Eric. Yes, yeah, Sam, man. Thanks for having me. Hey, I feel you... like uh, we've been on a steady schedule here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For, for a change. What you, yeah. what you been up to the last month since you were... Uh, let's see, just working. Um, Sounds... Work's been pretty steady. Yep, um, just finished up coaching soccer. And um... Everybody, Eric is a champion Soccer player, champion, champion, champion yeah, he yep. is a champion, adult league champion. Yeah, yeah that's what I, that's what I get to use <laughs> I want to get you a belt for Christmas, Eric. That has oh yeah, just like, like a the, big, like the big wrestling yeah, belt, yeah. yeah, that says El Champion on it. Exactly. <clears throat> so uh, tonight we have a special guest in the studio, one who's been on Fair Reality Radio several times, but hasn't graced us with his presence in a couple of years, Mister John Harrison. Hey, Sean, how are you? Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. It's good to be here. Yeah, yeah. So for those of you who don't know who John Harrison is, let me fill you in real quick. John Harrison is a medical professional. He is a scientist, a chemist, a biologist, and you're basically all around smart guy. Yeah. That's what we're looking for. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So he's also um, what we say is a confirmed paranormal skeptic, and he's made several appearances here on Parareality Radio as the regular guest on my Skeptics Night episodes that I've had here in the past. So welcome back to the show, Mr. John Harrison. Thank you, thank you. It's good to be back. You you definitely honor me more than I deserve. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is very true, by the way. Yes, that's very, that is very true. So uh, what have you been doing since the last time you were on the show? It's been a couple of years, We've actually. We've so. been traveling out west. Um, uh, yeah, going to places such as Taos. Mm-hmm. I tried to find the Taos hum, did not hear Didn't it. Didn't find it. Oh, no. I was going to ask you about that. Did okay. not hear it. Um, no humming in Taos. I heard my tinnitus much more than I heard the That's Taos. That's probably hum. why you didn't right. hear the hum, because um, you have tinnitus. Right. <laughs> well, it's supposed to sound like a uh, a diesel diesel engine idling mm-hmm. somewhere in the distance. Yeah. And so I went around Taos, went to the Taos Pueblo. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in through the mountain passes up through there and unfortunately I never heard anything it's Satan yeah. that's what it is um, traveled out to uh, Chaco Canyon yeah. to oh, yeah. uh, try to feel some of the, the vibe in Chaco Canyon mm-hmm. which w- was amazing just incredible see what being on this on this podcast has done for you it's yeah. opened up your yeah. mind exactly. to new ways of thinking and expanded your consciousness exactly and produced a change well you, see the you know like that I said I'm, so a, I'm a skeptic but I'm not a non-believer okay right? okay because I'm, I'm always searching I've mm-hmm. got to keep an open mind but, yes you do of course, yeah you know but like I said you know Let's, let's go out there and find something I want to see some evidence I want to see some proof I I, mm-hmm. I want to find this information yeah no so did you find anything? No, no, <laughs> no, no. no. You, Sorry, there was no. nothing. You got nothing in your travels out west. I I did not find any paranormal yeah. or 
any any other connection like that other than the the majesty of what it was just right, on the face value. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Right. Which it was amazing and it's beautiful out there. And yeah, I've been. You know, but you know, supernatural, paranormal, UFO, anything like that? No, just a bunch of crazy people. Well I've been to I've been to Shiprock <laughs> and uh, I thought I would like catch some vibes. No vibes. You know, no, I think I was too tired. It was a long trip. That could be. Yeah, yeah. I was uh, wasn't there for long. It was, where it was? Where is that at? The name Mexico. Sounds... Okay. In the middle of. It's near the Four Corners. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The absolute middle of the desert. Nothing around it. Mm. If you break down in your car, you're dead. Yeah. You're, there's no cell phone reception either. You're just you're <laughs> oh, dead. Let's hope somebody comes by in the next couple of hours yeah. with some water and a ride that can help you out because it's it's nothing. That's the other part of it. That's the other part <laughs> yeah. of it. The, the majesty and beauty, and then getting stranded. And, yep, and right. it's deadly. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so everybody, tonight's episode is something that uh, I've done once before, and that is to have like a, a paranormal roundtable or a paranormal panel, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, and the only time that I did it was uh, the very first Alien Con back in 2016. And I did that with a room full of, uh, well, um, believers in, in aliens and stuff like that. And, and I didn't have a skeptic on, on the panel. So I thought it would be a nice thing to mix it up and include a confirmed skeptic on the panel. And uh, you were available. And thank you for agreeing to sit in on this. This yeah, is going to be fun. I think we're going to have a great episode yeah, I'm excited. tonight. I said the, the, the first time I did this, like I said, was with a, a panel of... Uh, alien contactees slash experiencers and they all either had uh, what they believed to be an, uh, an alien abduction experience or or some other kind of contact with aliens as I was with alien con right yeah and uh, we did it sitting in a I had this kick-ass hotel room and it had a desk and you could set people on either side of the desk you know so we had I, I, I did it gorilla style with just my laptop and a microphone kind of kind of like this setup that we're doing right here. And I just set the microphone boom, in the middle and there was all these people around. It was, it was pretty cool. Um, I've always wanted to do something like that again. You and, should have done uh, a seance. That's, a, <laughs> uh, uh, that's, next, that's next the time. next one. Yeah, yeah, that's the next one. So, but, you know, it's, and tonight instead of talking about alien contact and abductions and, and stuff like that, we're going to be keeping with the, the, the theme of aliens. We're going to be talking about ancient alien theory. And uh, we'll have... Basically, three different opinions on the subject. We'll have one of the believer, one of the the on the fence guy, and one of the skeptic. And so, this is I hope going to make a very interesting show. So, everybody out there who's listening to this podcast, sit back, relax, get settled in, and get ready for a about two hour long conversation awesome. about ancient aliens with this panel of Eric from Roby Living Podcast and. Confirmed scientist slash skeptic John Harrison. So before I get started with everything, you know that I have to tell you how you can get in contact with me here at the show because there are several different ways you can go about doing this. First of all, you can just go to the show website, parareality.com, check it out there, click on the about page, and you can kind of read about my history, fill out the contact form, or if you just don't want to do that, just email me, sandman at parareality.com. Dot com. That's Sandman at Parareality.com. You can also find the Parareality Facebook page 
on Facebook there. I'm on Twitter. You can follow me there. My handle is at Radio. And finally, you can always still call the studio line at 615-692-1170. The number again is area code 615, then call 692-1170. Leave a message with your comment about the show, question you have, uh, experience maybe that you've had and you want to tell your story. Uh, you can tell your story. If, the, if it times out on you, just call back and pick up where you left off. Um, you never know. I, I, I may just be in studio and I may answer the, your phone call, so you may actually get to talk to me. But if you do leave a message, just be aware that I will probably play that message back on the show. Just simply by leaving me a message is giving me permission to, to play that back. So if you do not want me to do that, you better tell me somewhere in that message or you just may hear yourself on the show and you may get pissed off because I played it back and, and you didn't want me to, but you didn't tell me, so it would be your fault, right? Too late. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I have a little bit of fan mail here that I want to read uh, before we get started. Because, you know, I've started mail. coming back with a fan mail. Mm-hmm. I just got to uh, pull it up here. This comes from Cosmina. And I thought this kind of fit in with the theme of the show, kind of, of, sort of. She says, hey, I love your show and information you share. I heard about you. Uh, no, wait. Let me let me read. Let me read, let me read, let me read. Sort of. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, I failed reading in uh, elementary school. So it says, Cosmina says, "Hey, I love your show and information you share. I heard from you about black helicopters and have never seen one. But yesterday, I live in Richmond, Virginia, by the way. I saw one flying very low. I could see details about the helicopter." and felt a strange feeling as soon as it passed. It was louder than normal, but could be due to the low flying range I saw it at. I want your opinion. I know what I saw. I'd love to chat more. Thanks, Cosmina. Well, Cosmina, thanks for that email. I thought that kind of uh, fit in with today's topic because a lot of times when you have UFO activity, you have black helicopters in the vicinity. And although we're not necessarily talking about UFOs here tonight, we are in the realm of that. So, now, I will say this, coming from someone with my background who used to work for the military on an army post where there was a lot of helicopters, as a matter of fact, that's basically all they did was fly helicopters out there. I used to work, and I'm not going to reveal where I worked at, but I used to work out there... Uh, had a top secret clearance, so I was privy to some things that a lot of civilians aren't privy to, especially when it comes to helicopters and stuff. And I can tell you that um, a lot of times the black helicopters are confused with the Black Hawk helicopter, mm. which has replaced the Huey as the workhorse of the Army. Now, uh, Black Hawk helicopters are, they're just like the Huey as far as being versatile. You can arm them. You can use them to transport troops and, and uh, other things. And so there is, it's, it's a lot longer than the Huey. And a lot of times, uh, the black he- pictures of black helicopters that I have seen on the interwebs and on TV shows and stuff have resembled Black Hawk helicopters. So now... The name Black Hawk, I, I don't know where it comes from, but they're not painted jet black like a black helicopter, but they are dark in color. Mm-hmm. And they do make a distinct sound. Army aircraft 
um, historically have used uh, Native American uh, and First Nation tribe names yeah. for their for their aircraft. Yeah, it's true. For, Apache, for example, Apache, for Comanche. example, the Huey is the Iroquois. Oh, uh, I did not know that part. Yes. Huey is an Iroquois. Okay. And you know you've got the Sioux, the Comanche, mm-hmm. the um, what was the the one with the two the two Chinook. Rotor, Chinook. Chinook. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. You know, so it's a good point. Yeah. yeah. So that's where the name Blackhawk comes from. Yes, I I knew that, but I did not know that Huey was was Native American. Right, I did not know that. No, but no, it's U H one was the um, yeah. That's the, that's the that's the model, get, like that's model where, yeah. That's where you get Huey from. U H U H. Okay, yeah, right. Okay, sweet. Well, what what do you guys think about about? I mean, she's in she's yeah. in Virginia in Richmond, so you're around, um, you know, governments out that, that for sure. Way, you for know, sure. So, I mean. I mean, we so I live right by uh, a hospital, and they have the life flights that come in. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, they're not flying. They're not flying high, but they're not flying low. And but when one of those helicopters, and obviously this is not those life flights are not the size of a Blackhawk. Right. But even those guys, when they fly by our house, like you become alert. Like it wakes you up. And so, yeah, I can only imagine um, getting buzzed by a Blackhawk. Um, but also, uh, reading a lot of the material that I have for the world we live in and for this, um, I don't know if it was a blacked out, but black ops are a real thing. Certainly are, certainly are. And so that that's the other side of it, too. Well, where, where I come from... Um we had a lot of, of Hueys and Blackhawks flying over the city that yeah. I was raised in, and their average altitude was probably about 500 feet. Um, certainly not over a thousand. Very rarely would you see one a thousand feet or, or over. For sure. They were usually flying really low to the ground, and you could you could hear them coming a lot of oftentimes before you could see them. So yeah. I would like to know, Cosmina, if and and I'm going to email you by the way on, uh, on this. Um, I'd like to know if there was anything. Strange happening in the town and around Richmond, or especially around where she lived, True. that could explain why she saw what could be a Black Hawk helicopter. Right, because so, there's there's many possible reasons yeah. why you could so have definitely. a helicopter fly over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And with it being close to our nation's capital, you know, there there could be there could be so I'd have to have more information before I could make a uh, educated. Right. Uh, I mean, there's plenty of military bases around there. Is in in that area in where was she at? Virginia, Richmond, Richmond, Virginia. I don't. Is that close by the? Is that closer to the mountains or in the more in the flat? I got a picture. It's closer to the ocean. Okay. Yeah. It's very very close to the right. I'm curious. I've got I've got one friend that's from the uh, Richmond, Virginia area, so it's more. She always talks about the beaches and stuff, okay. so I know it's closer okay. to the ocean. Sure. But yeah, because I mean, I'm I'm going to email you for sure. I'm going to have to have more information before I can um, make a determination on what I think it was. I need to know if there's anything weird going on in the town, or if you saw anything weird besides a, a black helicopter. I mean, they they just don't. If it was a black helicopter. For sure. right. A black ops helicopter. Right. And um, we should it's not going to be around there for no reason. They right. just yeah, don't. Yeah. Right. Right. They just don't test fly it out. You know, exactly. in the middle of the daylight. So yes, we should thank Cosmina for taking the time to participate. Absolutely. 
Sure. Oh, yeah. 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 Thanks, Cosmina, for the email. I will definitely be emailing you back, and uh, hopefully we'll hear back hear back from her. Yeah, that'd be cool. Later on. All right, everybody, y'all ready to get into talking about some ancient alien theory? Let's do it. Let's do it. So people who have listened to this show for any long period of time, especially back from, um, gosh, when I was on Life 365 before I I moved here uh, to the world of podcasting and we were actually doing live internet radio. Back then it was it was internet radio. Now it's podcasting. Right? Same, yeah. same thing, right? Um, but anyway, back when I was on Live Three Sixty Five, um, I did some shows about ancient aliens and stuff like that. And anyone that's listened to to my show for a long while has known that I am an ancient alien theorist. I think there's something to it. I watch uh, Ancient Aliens on History Channel. I've watched every episode of every season. I, I can't believe that it's still on. By the way, uh, you know um, <laughs> that makes two. That makes two of us. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a popular show. Some of the, some of the episodes, let's face it, they stretch it a little bit, and it's like this has nothing to do with with ancient astronaut theory. But but whatever, it's still a good show. It has a lot of history to it because I mean, it's on the History Channel, so it's going to have to have some history. And I've been to a couple of the Alien Cons, which are just awesome out of this world. By the way, it's just freaking tremendous. And so I am I am a believer. I, I consider myself to be a Sitchinite, which is a follower of Zechariah Sitchin, who wrote the Twelfth uh, Planet series of books, among others. He is our rest in peace, Zechariah. Died in twenty ten, I believe. Um, he was uh, one of the only people in the world who could read and translate Sumerian cuneiform texts. And um, I I really um, I kind I kind of got into that whole thing by accident and um, yeah I just I, I started reading his books and, and just uh, I was like there's this is freaking amazing and I read I've read just about every book that he's he's published he's maybe not quite as famous as say Eric von Daniken who is the godfather of ancient alien theories uh, but I really do believe that um, in our ancient past that we have been visited by people, for lack of a better word, who are not from this planet. I think that they somehow helped us to become what we have become today. And um, there's too much um, evidence out there to ignore. And I'm not saying there's not some sort of earthly, I say with my air quotes, earthly explanation to how the Egyptians built the pyramids or Puma Punku or Cusco or all that stuff was built, you know, um, but it, it's kind of, the, the with the precision that they use, it's kind of hard to imagine them doing it without some sort of advanced tools and stuff. So I, I just really believe, you know, and we'll, we'll, get, we'll get into this, but um, I, I just really believe that um, we were we were visited, man, and, and I, think we, I think we had help. I really do. And the thing that I like about Zechariah Sitchin is that He's not saying, oh, this is my theory. I think this because I read this. He's saying, here is the story that I translated. This is the story. This is what the Sumerians say. Here you go. You make of it what you will. You know, And he kind of leaves it up to you. Of course, he believed it. And you, know, you, you read, and he's like, well, this is what the Sumerians, this is what they're saying happened. You know, so it, you got to put some merit to it, right? I, I have to respectfully disagree on 
Absolutely every single one. Of course you do. That's why you're here, <laughs> sir. Sitchin made his money on making up a story and selling it to the public. Mm-hmm. That's that's what it is. He did not read Sumerian accurately, at the very least. And I think every well, every credible Assyriologist out there has an, has a beef to pick. Of course, yes, and and I'm well aware of that, yes. He, now, and I have read The Twelfth Planet. I enjoyed the read, you know, because he took concepts from Assyriology and then modified it to fit the narrative that he was trying to sell. Mm -hmm. Um, So... And just to back up just a second, um, I'm a sci-fi nut, right? And right. the ancient alien concept is a great sci-fi storytelling tool. You know, love Stargate. That's one of my favorite shows whatsoever. And you, basically, that's the show that okay, what if all this crap was real? <laughs> right? yeah. And and they made seven, ten, ten years of episodes off of it because it's, it's so much great material that you could work from. But no, Sitchin, Sitchin made up a story and stuck to the story and just kept on talking and talking and talking and talking about it. But no, he did not read Sumerian. And there are plenty of people who can read Sumerian. Not very much. Or Assyrian or, or whatever. And you can go online and look at the Sumerian text and get the translation for it and all that sure. kind of stuff. It, it's it's easily debunkable. Well, I'm I'm not um, I'm not saying that that he was fallible. Of course, I think that not 100 percent of everything that he translated, you know, came out accurate. But I I do kind of think that that he was was onto something. Mm-hmm. I I would enjoy Sitchin for the fact that he could expose other people to the rich culture that existed what how many thousand years ago ago, five thousand six thousand eight thousand years ago and bring attention to it you know so more people can learn about the the history that is the in the important history of the, the the middle east and the levant that not a lot of people know about Right, and that still exists today, in 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 ways that we might not even appreciate. You know, the fact that you know we have a, a you know a twenty four hour clock, sixty minutes in an hour, sixty seconds. You know, all that is is hand down from from that culture, and you know, basics of math and. We owe a tremendous amount to this culture and and these people, and they're still here today. I mean, the 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 Kurds are are uh, Assyrians. You know, they're they're the what's the word I'm looking for? Descendants, the descendants right? Descendants of the, of the Assyrians, right? And. No. In, in Nashville itself, we have a, a very large Kurdish community. The largest Kurdish community in the United States. In the States. United States, right? <laughs> Who and would have thought it's, that? Yeah, and see, we, ha- we have people from the descendants of the Sumerians and the Akkadian 
empires here with us right today. And you know, in their culture and is is vibrant and important and and relevant to everything that we're doing nowadays and to mythologize that is in one sense romantic but it also denies their relevance and importance in in my opinion mm. you know so i i think sitchin does an injustice in that sense by promoting you know all this fantasy about you know and because it denies their real and relevant contribution to everything that we have today. Um, so in in this narrative that's that Stitchin um, has is so the Anunnaki are those ancient aliens. Yes, is that correct. Okay, Anunnaki translated as those from heaven to earth came. Okay, something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and so. Yeah, I don't know. The thing that always gets me bringing, and this is where I guess my on the fence is why I'm yeah. sitting on the fence, is these um, these ancient sites that like Pumapunku, where they have the ele- not uh, not elaborately, but um, specifically carved sections of mm-hmm. rock that would be extremely, extremely difficult to do by hand, if not impossible. Yeah, yeah. That's the laser that, precision that everyone yeah, always says. That the they, stones that are sitting straight, like, no space in between that mm-hmm. somehow seem like they are placed there. Can't fit a piece of paper. Yeah, yeah. And um, so that's what always gets me. Um, the pyramids are baffling to me. They are always baffling. Um We'll never know. I don't think we're ever going to know. Yeah, I, I, I don't. I don't. I no, we, no, we can know. Okay. We can know because there are people working on this right now. The archaeologists and geologists and everything—they're trying to figure all of this out, and they're oh, yeah. making—they're making valid contributions to science. Uh, that's another problem with ancient alien theory is that a lot of the arguments are from ignorance. You know, if you don't bother to take the time to go and research what is actually being done or the research that has been done, you know, it's oh, it's aliens. No, it's actually people did this, you know, and that's, a, that's another argument that I, or not argument, but another problem that I have with ancient alien theory is that, again... It dis uh, discredits, it, it discredits mm-hmm. exactly. Thank you. Um, the the hard work and the ingenuity and the creativity <coughs> of people back right, well, then. I you know, not... and and then Sitchin goes and this is something that um, that Sukolo says a lot. You know, these people weren't dumb. They just right. interpreted it the best way yeah, that they the could. Ex- these people were not dumb. They they were, were smart. not. They were not, and I'm not saying that aliens came from another planet and built all of this stuff for us. I am totally not saying that. I'm saying that they provided us with the tools and the know-how to assist us to build these things. Because mm-hmm. either we wanted to build it, we're like, oh, you're you came from this, you know, spaceship, so you're a god. We want to build a, a monument to you, right? And right, like, right. Okay, well, here's how you do it. Here, take this tool. You know, uh, I'm not saying that they said, "Okay, we're going to build 
this pyramid so you can worship us. Well, here, you know, here's, a, here's an example right here. Right? You, the, how the pyramids were built, you know, completely confounds everyone still today because the scope, the scale, and the grandeur of everything is incredible. Um, and then, of course, when they try and figure out, okay, how in the world did these people do it? You know, there's paintings and sculptures and everything of them actually doing it, right? But we're still trying to figure out all the heretofores and the whys and how nots. Um, one theory that um, I've seen recently that really intrigues me as far as pyramid construction is the idea of the, the Great Pyramid of Khufu having an internal ramp system to try and pull up all the, the blocks and bricks and stuff like that. And the, the Grand Gallery itself, you know, that mysterious um, part of the pyramid that's really at an angle and stuff like it's that. Like, is right in the middle. It, right, yeah. in the middle of it before it gets to the, the King's Chamber. Yeah. That, that was a counterweight system for them pulling up the blocks. Right, and okay. that's because it makes really no sense about why in the world is this structure here. Yeah doesn't serve any real purpose and there isn't decorations or anything on that but the point about there having no decorations in the pyramid whatsoever is another issue and then you know it was the entrance to the grand gallery right there was blocked by you know three large stones right mm -hmm. and they're just kind of tucked down into the very bottom of it well those were the counterweight stones but to really get this prove this theory they have to do some other stuff with the Great Pyramid and then of course you have to go along with the Egyptian government and the Antiquities Council and blah 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 mm -hmm. it, it's just a headache yeah um, but they're they're actively trying to work on it and then there was the uh, actually something else which is completely tangential to it is the the uh, recent work that they've done on the pyramid when they were trying to get, uh, they put like cosmic ray detectors in the queen's chamber and then were, um, essentially they were taking an x-ray of, of the great pyramid using, uh, cosmic rays, right? Okay. Yeah. And then they found the possibility of another gallery complete and intact that they have absolutely no idea about. And, right. I've you heard know, about that. then of course, how in the world do you get to it, you know, without, you know, causing damage to the pyramid, and that's like, no, oh, no, 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 we can't do that. We're not going to do that. But yeah. there's possibly another chamber up in there that we have absolutely no idea about whatsoever. It's where, where all the blueprints are. Right, and so, you know... It's the safe. The quest to gain knowledge continues, right? <coughs> right. But and we don't have to just say, oh, aliens did it, you know? Yeah. Um, another thing that I... Uh, so I love history, but I hate this about history, is the fact that so many cultures, when they invaded, they destroyed everything. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like The victors write the history books. Exactly. Yeah. As an example, when Cortez and his guys came over and uh, conquered the Aztecs, same thing with the Maya and the, um, the Incas, they burned most of it. Because they thought it was heresy. Yeah, it's, and it's so all we, gone. So all we have is what's left, and what's left is like a fraction. Right. Mm. A small, and small fraction. It, it's, yeah. it's such a tragic loss for yeah. for humankind. Yeah. Yes. All of humankind. Because yeah. odds are if we had those, 
records we could understand. Right. I mean, exactly. for, for the Mayans, what do we have? Like three codices, and that's it. You yeah. know, and these codices are, are you know books made out of folded folded over books made out of God knows what. Yeah. You know, leaves or something. Yeah. I I really whatever. don't know. Whatever they have. But it's you know. <laughs> And that's it. We yeah. only have three books, and it took us, you know, a, a good two centuries to finally figure out their language. But we did, you yeah. know, and that's amazing. It is amazing. And once again, I'm, I'm not saying that aliens built these structures for us. I'm saying that they provided us with tools and, and knowledge right. on how to how to do it or how to do it better, easier, maybe. And I'm saying that we could do it ourselves. And we did do it ourselves. There's no doubt that we could do it ourselves, but stuff like the precision cutting, like at at, uh, Puma Punku, you know, how could ancient man achieve that type of precision cutting and put these blocks together, you know, without having some sort of specialized tool that we don't know what it was? Now, could it have been an alien tool? Absolutely could have been an alien tool. Could it have been something that they figured out on their own? Could have been. I lean more towards our alien overlords came down and granted us And I for one welcome something. our alien overlords. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're still waiting for evidence, so you're yeah, right. absolutely welcome. Right. Yeah. So for those of you who, if, if you're listening to this podcast, I'm going to assume that you know what Puma Punku is because... I mean, you're listening to this podcast, so you got to know about these things. But just in case you don't, mm-hmm. Pumapuku is a pre-Columbian archaeological site in Bolivia that's part of the, uh, what is it, the Tijuanku, uh complex. It's it's a, a lot of areas that surrounds Lake Titicaca. Yes. In, and it's really high up. Yes. Yeah, oh, it's super high up. Amazingly yeah. high up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep, and so the fact that all of that stuff is there is just incredible. Yeah, and they're saying that it or that it dates back to at least thirteen thousand BC. Mm-hmm. So you're telling me that someone in thirteen thousand BC was able to carve these things with a hand chisel and a hammer and tink 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 tink. I mean, it's like. You you were mentioning Sukulos and he's saying how these people weren't dumb, they were smart. They were absolutely smart, but they didn't possess the tools and the technology. They didn't do this with bone. No. You, didn't, you didn't take a, a femur bone or whatever and sharpen it up and carve a rock to that type of precision. No, but you can, and I'm, now I'm not really educated as well on Pumapunku as, as I should be, so I, I cannot speak to that technology. So therefore your opinions are invalid, sir. Right. <laughs> but I'll, I'll go back to, I'll make an analogy from, from Egypt, right? You know, they didn't have iron tools either. They The best that they had was copper. But you could take, they you could make a saw with just a, 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 a slab of copper and just use sand on that and you just rub it, rub it, rub it, rub it, rub it, rub it, rub it back and forth and the sand is your blade. The copper is just the tool that you're manipulating the sand with and it cuts. So you don't have to have 
you know, modern. What about the precision, though? Well, it's only on one. It's only on one face. You know, the the precision that you have. If you imagine like a, a dice, right? You, so you've got six sides to it on on a block. Only one of the sides is actually cut precision. The rest is. It's just kind of you fit it in there and you just kind of finish it up. You know, and it, again, I I can't really speak to any of the more of the technology because I, I'm just not aware of it. But other people are, you know, and you can certainly go on the interwebs and find out some some good archaeological science about the site because, and it is incredible and there are questions that we don't know that there are cultures and societies there that we absolutely know nothing about, you know, and it's a complete mystery because in some sometimes these people did like not Nazca, have. We don't really right, know. They didn't have a written language, Nazca. you know. And we so because they didn't write stuff down. All we have are the artifacts and the structures that are left behind. And so it's up to us to try and piece right. together the story and. Sometimes the story that it's just so mysterious you can't figure it out, you know, well, aliens did it, you know. <laughs> it, 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 because you can't figure it out. But that's, it that's the easy, but it, that is the easy it, go-to exactly. answer. It's like, well, we can't figure it out, so aliens did it. Right, it's, it's the God and in the gaps argument. It and is, exactly, said. and it's not, it's not all, that's not always the answer. Even though I'm an ancient alien theorist, that is not always the answer. And I'm, mm. I'm not so militant in my beliefs that I'm going to say, well, we can't explain it, so it had to be effing aliens. Had to be, you know. It's demons. Yeah, I mean, you know. It, it, Interdimensional. We, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's something like that. It's like, like I just mentioned the Nazca. Hmm. So we don't really know very much about the Nazca, hardly anything at all. But we know they made these beautiful drawings in the, in the dirt right. that have been around for centuries. But you can only see from the air. Now, why would they do that? Unless they're trying to signal or tell the "quote unquote" gods something, right? Right. Why would why would they why would they do that? And we don't we don't know because we don't have the information that tells us why they did it. We just know they did it, and the only way that these lines were discovered was by accidents flying over. Oh look, look at these lines, and they make they make something, they make an image, and they're all over the place. So it they didn't do it. Yeah, it they didn't do it for no, no reason. It yeah. makes no sense to me why why they would do something like that because there's nowhere that you could go and look at it right. or anything for, like that. But you know who can see it? Planes. Aliens. Aliens flying over with yeah. their ships. Yeah. For me, with those, it's like well, in a lot of the other sites, like clearly they were spending so much time and energy on these sites that. There, there. I would hope there had to be a reason for doing these. Yeah. Other than we're just gonna build three pyramids, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But there's no. They they say, oh well, there are burial chambers, the pyramids. But there's no, like in the in in the Great Pyramid, there's no sarcophagus, right? I mean, well, there's there, well, there is a there is a granite box for where we assume the sarcophagus was. By the way, sarcophagus, you know, I, I think it's oh, a tremendous word. Yes. <laughs> Flesh eater is what that translates to from the Greek. Oh, it's Sar- really? I didn't know that. Right. 
sarc for muscle or anything yeah. like that, and phage for eating. Yeah, yeah. Right? Sarcophagus because it traps the moisture inside sure. that, and you just kind of dissolve it. Yeah. Right. Unless so you're a mummy, and then and they had all the moisture already sucked out of you, then right. That's, that's the only way that would happen that you could preserve something in there because otherwise <laughs> you just dissolve up. Oh, and just as just as an aside, look up moche art. It's really funny. How you spell Moche? M O C H E. I believe Moche. Yeah, yeah. Don't don't look it up when there's kids around. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's really fun though. You'll uh, enjoy okay. some of it. Yeah. M O C H E. Moche. I think art. it's Moche. Okay. Well, it, you heard it here first on Parareality Radio. Moche art. There was. There's just so much about these cultures that we just don't know. You know, and that's one of the most intriguing <clears throat> things about all of it. So, getting back to Sitchin. Okay, you said that you think he just pretty much made up he all just this made stuff. Up all this crap. Yeah. Okay, so you you're saying that his interpretation of the Sumerian gods, Ah, Ea, and Enki, Ishtar, and Enlil, and who, who who's some Inanna, uh, Sin, Sin, yeah. Anu, who was the supreme ruler of the Anunnaki, you're saying that he just made up all of these, that those were not real Sumerian gods, that they didn't worship those well, people? Yes, they were real Sumerian gods, but he made up his own mythology about them instead of reading the mythology that was there. He decided to make his own spin on it. How can you explain that the every ancient civilization that we that we know of has a deluge story and that that's real that's that's you know akin to what's in the bible i think we've talked about this before right um because the big all of the beginning civilizations that we know about were hydrologic did I say is that a word? It is now. <laughs> but they were they were all water based civilizations, yeah. right? They to get the ability to farm, to get the ability to grow and stuff like that, they had to have a surplus of food and they had to control water. They had to be able to control the water. And so, you know, all the civilizations from way back when, from Mohenjo Daro and um, in that area, it was it was along a river that that dried up and doesn't exist anymore. And then, of course, there's the Mesopotamia area. There's Egypt. There's the the Yellow River uh, Valley civilization in China. It, they all depended upon water, and Earth and our climate being what it is, you know, you know, when the flood comes, it completely ruins your day. <laughs> So the fact of having a flood story being in common with civilizations that depended upon the stability and the predictability of their water supply makes perfect sense to me. Mm. You know, that's one of the reasons why Egypt has persisted for as long as it did because it depends upon the Nile River and the regularity of the Nile River to supply their food and the the annual flooding of the Nile is was completely they depended on it for their lives yeah. literally well right. I, I don't think that what's in the Bible whereas 
God flooded the whole entire earth and killed everything on it. Mm-hmm. I don't think that that is what happened. Right. I think that the Bible stole from some of these other cultures who all have a deluge story. Right. But if you're in this in this valley mm-hmm. that's next to a, a source of water and it floods and it floods the whole entire area where you live... That's your world because people didn't travel back then. Oh, that's right. That's true. You know, yeah. and, I mean, so, and climate it, change has occurred yeah. since that time period. Mm-hmm. Well, and I was going to bring up the Younger Dryas. Are you guys familiar with that? Yes. Yes. Which they say about uh, fourteen thousand five hundred years ago, um, there was this. Um, it says Earth's climate began to shift from a cold glacial world to a warmer state. So. I think this could be a possibility, and I think there are others that do as well. Think this this could be where the flood narrative comes from. Is these yeah. this vast warming of Earth mm-hmm. caused a lot of the civilizations at the time to have to move or relocate? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And yeah. and it's buried underwater, and yeah. we might not ever know about them. You know, because underwater archaeology is really tough. Very tough, yes. And if, if the Persian Gulf at one time was was a valley, and then boom, you know, a flood came. There's your flood. There's your flood narrative right there. But even the the Tigris and Euphrates flood annually, and because there's it, in Egypt, you basically have you know the Nile is kind of cut down into into a valley, right? Mm-hmm. But in in uh, southern Iraq, it's basically all completely floodplain. So when a flood comes, you know, there's nowhere for it to go. It goes everywhere. You yeah. know, it's just absolutely devastating. Um, by the way, there's I watched a really interesting video uh, recently um, from I'm trying to remember the Assyriologist's name. He works at the the British uh, Museum. I cannot think of his name. Is really informative guy funny as hell I can't think of his name he's got a really long beard um Adrian Shine. no I'll, it'll come he to me it'll come to me in a little bit uh, Finkel Irving Finkel I think is his name um that reminds me of Cheech and Chong he's <laughs> <laughs> <Dave's> not here <laughs> um and he was talking about um he the instructions for making an ark, yeah. you know, and it it was a braided rope, giant a giant braided rope basket, you know, and from the you know from the profile of it, if you looked at it from the side, it looks just like the traditional, um, the traditional picture of what we think of as Noah's ark. Mm-hmm. You know, but it but that was only from one view, looking at it from the side. But it was actually round, mm-hmm. everything like that. But the instructions for how to make the ark were written down in, mm-hmm. in Akkadian, Sumerian, or what or whatever yeah. language that it was. And you know, he just sat there, and they actually built a a, a small replica of it, and it worked. It was great. <laughs> well, I I've been to. Have you, you? I know you haven't, but have you you been to the? Uh, the Ark uh, theme park in Kentucky or I've not I can't remember what the name of it I think it's called the, the Ark I think yeah, 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 yeah. but anyway I went a couple of years ago um, God how can I say this 
not be a total jerk about it. Is it it's, bad? It sucked. <laughs> it's no, it didn't suck, but it is so much propaganda oh, it's that's, just based that's in there. What the Bible has? Yeah, yeah, and it's you know a full that's scale the for you. <laughs> yeah, it's a full scale reproduction of supposedly yeah. built to scale. You know, and it if. That was it, man. That was impressive. Yeah, I mean, it's really impressive. Now I will have to say, I, re- I I went in there thinking, oh my God, they're going to be you know religious zealots with pamphlets, you know, everywhere you, you know, every one hundred feet, you know, seek Jesus here, yeah. read this pamphlet, you're gonna burn in hell, you know. It wasn't like that at all. That I was very, I was very proud of. Yeah, uh, and I was very not. That's not. Proud about, but I was very shocked uh, and pleased that it was not like that. But one of the things that that makes it quote unquote controversial is they have dinosaurs in the in the ark. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, they they have they have cages of all the animals. Talk about a timeline issue. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, that was that was uh, interesting to see, but it wasn't like a lot of like in your face dinosaurs. It was like you know giraffe, muskrat. Beaver, T Rex, dinosaur, <laughs> you know, and then you know, blah 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 blah, and then you, you have, you know, yeah. then you have, yeah, then you have, oh look, it's a, you know, um, but it, it, I I don't know, I mean, it, you, Von Daniken has done it with his, he believes in, and he's a, you know, the Godfather of ancient aliens. He built a whole theme park devoted to ancient aliens. Mm-hmm. So is that and propaganda? he's a devout Catholic. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, you know, you you, I I can't fault someone who has that religious belief saying I want to do something like this. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of propaganda that was involved. In it. I mean, you know, was it like a a big waste of time? It wasn't a big waste of time, but it was kind of a time waster. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Um. That so anyway, we're talking about the ark and and all this and flooding. And one of the things that I wanted to make a point of in Sitchin's, and we're not just going to talk about Zechariah Sitchin, but yeah. I am a Sitchinite, so I can't not talk about him, right? So in his writings, he is his flood story is basically where Enlil and Inki were brothers. They were sons of Anu, who is the supreme ruler of Nibiru, which is the twelfth planet. Mm-hmm. And Enlil is the true son and the oldest, and Inki is a half-brother, so he's a brother from another mother, and he's younger. Enlil was more of the military leader. Inki was more of the scientist and the intellectual. And they were always fighting for control of of the earth. Mm. And the story goes that they took... Cro-Magnon man that was here. They were they they came here to mine gold. And the which by the way there is absolutely no gold in southern Iraq whatsoever because they mined it all. They sucked it all out. It's a so, floodplain. You're not going to find gold there. You might find gold up closer to the mountains when it washes But it wasn't off. just there where they were looking for gold. They were looking for right. gold all over the place. So don't take a shit on my story. Okay? <laughs> just wait. Just all right. wait. All right. Okay. All right. All right. So so they had um, workers who were working in the mine that weren't being treated very well and they they basically revolted. So 
in order to appease the workers and say, look, you know, we need to think of a better way of doing this, they're like, oh, there's these Cro-Magnon thick skull dudes running around, you know, knuckle draggers out here. So Inky took one of those guys and basically genetically modified it into what we are now and created us, mm-hmm. yeah. Homo sapiens, right? Yeah. So fast forward a, a few couple of hundred years or so and Enlil is not liking what we have become. Basically like God did not like his creation. Inky did not like or excuse me, Enlil did not like Inky's creation. He thought we were a little bit too had too much free will. We were getting a little out of control. So he orchestrated the flood. And Inky went to one of his trusted humans and was like, look, this is what's going to happen. This is what you need to do. And basically, you have your ark and your flood story. Mm-hmm. Your, your Noah's ark and your flood story right. right there. So I find that very, very intriguing, the fact that you had a 5,000-year-old culture who had their flood story with a Noah and an ark and all of this, and here you have your Christian you know, story of Noah and the flood, which came how many thousands of years later right. past that? Right. So, um, Yes, it is a very intriguing story. So um, you're saying that Sitchin made all that stuff up? Well, he put his own spin on it. You know, and I, th- I think there was an episode of Star Trek that dealt with this, actually. Oh, <laughs> I God. saw this on TV. I knew we couldn't get out of this without you working Star Trek. Oh, you? I know. Um, the, I, I really enjoyed reading uh, Gil- the Gilgamesh epic. It's, it's, epic it's, of it's, Gilgamesh, it's, it's yes. One, it's one of my favorite stories. Yeah, it's a good one. Yeah. And, um, you know, they... If I think the the version of Noah in in that it it's widely known, or at least to people who un, who have read Gilgamesh or studied, you yeah. know, that stuff is that I can't, I can't remember the the who who the Noah character was Utnapishtim or something like yeah, that. Utnapishtim. Utnapishtim. Yeah, Utnapishtim. Yeah, yeah. Um, I it was just on the tip of your tongue. Wasn't Throwback, it? Yeah. high school, yeah. Uh, yeah, senior year of high school. Right. Yeah. And he was our mascot in in, in my high school. <laughs> <laughs> And you know, then they relate their their own version of the flood parable in that where you know Inky or Enlil or I can't remember right off the top of my head, you know, was going to just absolutely destroy everyone. It was it was Enlil. And then uh, Inky um, gave Utnapishtim the the knowledge to to make the ark and everything like that to just kind of save him. To secretly well, told it to him. Enlil had. Sp- Specifically, forbidden anyone, i.e., Inky, mm-hmm. to um, reveal what was about to happen. Mm-hmm. So the way he got around this was he went to Upnapishtim's tent or abode or whatever, and would sit outside of it and talk to himself mm. and say, you know, if I were to be able to tell them, you know, this this is what I would say, and Upnapishtim would hear him talking to himself mm-hmm. so Inky did not specifically tell him right you know and that's that's how I got around it but how it got into the our culture um, was in in my opinion um, through the fact that the the ancient um, Israelites well uh, 
we'll just put this Abraham. Was it? Yeah, the old Abraham. They he lived in Babylon, right? Mm-hmm. Abraham lived in Babylon, and you know the there were quite a few times where you know the Israelites were captured and taken away to Babylon or raided by the Assyrians or, or, or whatnot, you know, and so, you know, these cultures were intimately connected with each other. Yeah. And to have, you know, one culture influence another, you know, with writings or stories or anything like that is is not unprecedented. So oh, like we said, I, the, I, the victors write the history books. Right. And you know, and there there are many parallels between Old Testament and um, ancient um, Sumerian or Akkadian stories. You know, there's lots of crossover between them, and I, I think that's could be the result of I, I, you know I don't want to say cultural contamination, but you know these cultures shared. Between them, cultural assimilation. Assimilation. Well, right? and so yeah. you know, there's an easy way for that parable to get added into another culture's story. Yeah. You know, it, it's completely possible. You know, and then there, I know there have been many books and theories and papers written about the connections be- between those two. You know, and even the fact of there being twelve gods or anything like that. The Greeks know everything that they know because they got it from the the Akkadians or Empire or the Sumerians or anything like that. They essentially took all that knowledge and just kept on running with it, you know. And then the you know the Romans copied everything from the Greeks, right? And Renamed the, the gods, and the right? Name. And right. and just just kept it going, kept it going, and kept it going, you know. So the we that's why you have your Greek gods and your Roman gods, different names, same god, right? Yeah. But it, there's there's lots of parallels with the Greek gods and ancient Sumerian gods as well. You yeah. know, the, the mm-hmm. Zeus and Aphrodite. There's Anu and Ishtar right there, mm-hmm. and it you know I'm probably Inanna is Ishtar, right? I'm I'm probably mixing up the Akkadian and Sumerian names, so please forgive me on that. You know, but. It, you know, there's cultural transfer, and like I was saying earlier, that's how that that cultural transfer is. We owe everything that we have in our modern world to that, you know, because there was also the knowledge that got passed on with that, as far as astronomy for. For God's sakes, you know everything with that we have with astronomy. Well, the Sumerians invented. They astronomy. invented it, right? It, or maybe it was the. Maybe the Maya or the or, or whoever, well, they, they had well, their they, they version their of it version, as well. Yes. Yeah, so it depends on who's older, which civilization is older. But if, well, if you it, look well, at the evidence, know, it would have to be the Sumerians, right? You know, because um, Maya, the Mayans weren't around until you know the what one thousand and chronologically, well, not chronologically, but just as far as time goes, they weren't around for a long time. The Sumerians were around. The Sumerians, the Akkadians, the Mesopotamians, they were around for a long, long time before they just kind of disappeared. The Mayas and their ancestors weren't, I mean, they weren't around that long. Right. And, you know, as far as the timeline goes. For for all of our listeners, you know, forgive us that we're just kind of shooting off the hip (laughs) right here and and not really citing actual facts. So none of this is really sourced right now, okay? Compare that in mind. So. 
we spent the first hour talking more about Zechariah Sitchin and his theories. Mm-hmm. So let's shift gears a little bit and let's talk about Eric von Donneken and his theories, which are roughly the same. Um, von Donneken is more of a broad overview of the ancient alien theory, whereas Sitchin, he zeroed in on the Sumerians and their beliefs and their gods and their writings and all that sorts of stuff. But as I have said, Von Donneken, probably a lot more famous than Sitchin, uh, wrote the book Chariots of the Gods, or I guess I should say Chariots of the Gods as a question because that's how the book was written. There's like 200 and something questions in the book and the title was Chariots of the Gods, question mark, you know. So he's considered to be the father or the grand, the godfather of ancient alien theorists. And I, I, I freely admit I am not as familiar with his stuff as I am um, Sitchin. Now, I do have an original copy of Chariots of the Gods. Mm. Um, have not read it yet. I'm kind of scared to open it up too much because it's kind of falling apart, you know. Um, <clears throat> I got it at uh, McKay's Books. No kidding. Yes. Great place. Was, yeah, I, know, I love, love, love that place. Shout out to McKay's. Um, so, but anyway, I'm I'm not as familiar with Von Donneken. So, uh, are you do, you? do you have any uh, any input about Von Donneken, Eric? That you'd like to like to um, throw in there to start us off with? Not that I'm throwing you under the bus, but I'm no, no, you're good. Can I can I mention something else for you? Can gonna, yes. Okay, sweet. I just wanted to mention. Um, we've I know we've been focusing on the Middle East, but the uh, ancient Hindu epics have their own. Um, Ancient alien ideas, if you will. Um, they have the the vimanas. Yes. That, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That are really intriguing to me, just because I feel like the that Indian uh, culture, the ancient Hindu culture, I feel like in some sense was isolated from a lot of the uh, cultural crossovers that yes. we were just talking about? Well, except except for way, 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 way back because uh-huh. they were trading with uh, the early the, the Sumerians back and forth because okay. essentially all you had to do was just get in a little ship and just follow the coastline yeah. around Iran and Afghanistan to get there. Yeah, you know, so you, you, could, you could trade back and forth and all the lapis lazuli that the Sumerians mm. had to make their beautiful artwork. All of that comes from Afghanistan. Yeah. You know, it's it's not local. You yeah. know, and then of course they got the gold from Africa, you know, so there's there was lots of trade, but then the society fell because essentially it, climate change happened and the rivers all dried up and they go away. Yeah. You know, and so everything that they built was just absolutely for naught, and they just scattered around. And then the the Aryans, quote quote, uh, came in and then started up these uh, the Vedic uh, text and the ancient um, Sanskrit writings as well. It's incredible stuff. It really is. It's great. Yeah. So, um, sorry. No, you're good. Yeah. Um, yeah. He loves culture yeah those are on my those are on my list to get into eventually um but yeah i just thought that was i feel like needed in the context of absolutely. what we were talking about absolutely to bring up, because yeah. it's it, the oh yeah the, the same thing yeah yeah every every culture has some sort of story mm. like that and you know if you if if you're a diehard ancient alien theorist 
it's like my aliens. You know, right. I even though I'm an ancient alien theorist, I'm not a diehard. I'm not militant about it. Like I said, I I don't think that everything can be explained with aliens. Right. I mean, it's a great story. Let me do the story. thing. Aliens. Yeah. Yeah. As far as Von Daniken, though, um, the one thing that always I feel like is associated with him is the it's the carving of the Mayan leader with the. Uh, with like he looks like he's in a space capsule. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. he has like the air tube. Uh-huh. Um, that's always associated with him, um, which uh, is interesting, okay. nonetheless, because they do have their own god, uh, god narrative. Mm-hmm. Um, so, well, this this is what this comes from Eric von Donneken's website. And I'm just going to read you this little paragraph. It says, "This is what happened." extraterrestrials visited our earth many millennia ago they behaved similar to how current ethnologists behave today they studied a few languages visited different tribes gave suggestions and disappeared however with a promise to return in the distant future our stone age ancestors could not grasp what happened back then they wrongfully believed that the extraterrestrials were gods then they wandered into our mythology and became the founders of many religions Mm -hmm. So, what basically what he is saying is the same thing that that Sitchin is saying is that these flesh and blood people were worshipped as gods. But how else you're going to do it? Right. You know, is everything? I think you we were talking about this the other day. And as far as cultures go, even even today, stuff that that happens that we can't understand is explained with well, it's magic. Right. You know, so. Imagine somebody coming to, I don't know, you know, 5,000 years ago with our technology who comes down with a video camera and a freaking, you know, AR-15 weapon, you know, and, and uh, I don't know, an iPod with some speakers on it, you know? What the hell is this shit? This is this guy is a god. He possesses stuff that we don't know what it is. It's it's he's all powerful. Right. He can kill us with his thunder stick, you know. And he has this stuff that sounds like music coming out of nowhere. Right, you, right, right. You know, um, so I mean the 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 basic premise of that argument is from the the cargo culture. Um, Situation that happened during World War II, when you know you have these islanders who have never ever seen another person in their entire life, and then all of a sudden, boom! You know, mm-hmm. we're we're taking over your island because we need it to attack Japan, right? And we're going to bring everything in. We're going to bring nice stuff for you, everything like that. And you know, you know when the natives were going, "This is great, man!" Yeah. <laughs> and then they all left. Yeah, war's over. And, we want to see you, right? And so then the the these native islanders, you know, making, you know, um, models of aircraft or stuff like mm-hmm. that to, in, in an attempt to bring, bring them back, bring them back yeah. here because it's like, Hey man, we want this good stuff again. Right? So you go take my Nazca lines thing. Right. Was that what they were trying to do at Nazca? Did, did the, did the quote unquote, our, our right. gods come down and then left and they're like, Hey, come back. Look, we made this big, Drawing in the sand of a monkey. Right, right. Mm-hmm. I, I, I just think the concept of Which, aliens, by the way, aliens coming did not exist in right. Nazca. 
Right. You know, yeah. no. Well, they how were more in Central that? America. But how, did, how did they know what a monkey was, though, is what I'm saying? Uh, well, you've got New World monkeys and Old World monkeys. <laughs> you know, so you've got monkeys on in, you know, both hemispheres, right? And they're like the, like, you know, in Central America. You've got monkeys all over Central America. Mm-hmm. Right? I guess they could have wandered. Yeah, I mean, you know, how, been, how did people get been, here? They could have been brought over by... How did people get in the Americas? By the ancient aliens. Alien monkeys. They, aliens. They could, have, they could have picked up some monkeys as pets. And <laughs> one, one of them escaped. And right. Like, what the hell is this thing? Okay. <laughs> We're going to draw a picture. The, the alien, our alien overlords had it, so it must be something to it. They must like these creatures. Right. So we're going to draw a big-ass monkey in the dirt, hoping that it'll make them come back. Look, we have a big-ass monkey. You like the small ones. What about a big-ass monkey? Mm-hmm. Well, they drew a picture know, of a monkey with a big ass. I, and I, I definitely applaud Von Daniken for, you know, having an open mind and asking questions about this. And it's like, he's looking at it, it's like, what is this? How did this happen? You know, but again, that's an argument from ignorance. It's like aliens. No, it, they're... Well, the thing that differs between him and Sitchin was that, is exactly that, was he's saying, what the hell is this? How yes. did this happen? That's why his book is full of questions. Yes. He makes no, if you talk to him, he makes no concrete conclusions in his yeah. book. Right. I mean, he'll, he'll Sitchin, say, however, I don't know. Yeah. Sitchin, however, is different. He's pretty much concrete. He says, this is what I interpreted, right. and this is this is what they right. say. Right, right, right. He's not saying anything other than, this is what I interpreted, and this is what they say. That's why I like Sitchin so much. But Von Daniken does have that, you know, where he says, I'm not making concrete determinations here. I'm saying, look at this. We don't have a plausible explanation for it. Could it be that some something from a, a technology or a world different than ours came down and helped mm-hmm. us build this? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I'll be honest with you. I never liked Von Daniken until I st- but and, and my opinion was biased because I, I got into Sitchin first. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, well, Von Daniken, you know. And I really didn't like him until I started watching Ancient Aliens. And I had formed a completely biased opinion about him without reading any of his stuff. I just automatically discredited him because I was a Sitchinite. Mm-hmm. And the more that I have, have seen about Von Donneken, the more I've read about him and everything, I really do like the fact that, that he does not make concrete, black and white, this is how it is. Mm-hmm. He, likes to, he, he likes to ask the question and he wants us to ask mm-hmm. the question. And yeah. that's what really separates him between Sitchin. Right, you know? right, right. Uh, uh, just like Sitchin relies upon the uh, ancient, ancient Mesopotamian writings mm-hmm. for his interpretation, uh, Von Daniken seems to really uh, hold on to the Book of Enoch, which is a, a, a apocryphal mm-hmm. book from mm-hmm. from the Old Testament that. You know, he, he, he really latches on to it for a lot of his interpretations of it. And and I gotta say, you know, if if you look at it in a certain way, you know, the fact that, you know, pillars are fire and, and, and all that kind of stuff, you know, the fact if you could throw in high technology into that and it makes perfect sense. I that's the beauty of it and also the, the slippery slope yeah. of it. You know. Yeah. By the way, Eric, the, the the carving that you were talking about that's associated with Von Donneken, mm-hmm. uh King Pakal. Yes. Oh, I love that one. King yeah. Pakal. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that, I mean, you can't talk about Von Donneken without talking about 
King Pakal. I mean, it really does look like. But the it thing is, how do you orient party. it though? How do you how do you orient? It's it's like our modern day TVs. You know, you have it horizontal, but if you turn it vertical and play with the settings on it, you can have a vertical TV too. <laughs> yeah. So which way which way is point. it? You know, because yeah. it's a rectangle. So yeah. is it going? Is it going horizontal? It's not or vertical. Is it, or is it going horizontal? I, I, I think they, I think they assume it was going long way up going and down up, because yeah. it was the cover on King Paul's tomb. Yeah. You know, and but it's like rectangular. So I mean, it could go. No, no, way. it's no, it's really big. You know, yeah, right? but it's in the shape of a of a big, huge rectangle. Right, right. That's what I'm saying. So it could go either way. You could turn it on its side. You no, know, he could be going this way. Maybe it's also a motorcycle. You know, <laughs> it, it's a. Maybe the alien overlords a, came down with a moped. It's just a bad, you know. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, so I was going to say it's a badass, but if you're riding a moped, <laughs> maybe not. <laughs> where, where, where Von Daniken would see a rocket ship, you know, the people who study and the the ancient Mayan ruins and the art and the culture there, it's the tree of life. So mm. take take it for what you will. Yeah. 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 You know, and, and then there's the the people who actually study that and know the culture and can get all the cultural references from that see a completely different setup from it. And people who are ignorant of the culture and the history and the art motifs, if you just look at it, you're left to draw your own conclusions. You know, but if you know the culture and you study it... You, you can get the symbology that they were going for and it becomes all clear and uh, that's one of the things that uh, that frustrates me about ancient aliens is that they'll take stuff out of context for the culture and put its own spin on it well that's what I say when you mean when I say some of the stuff they they stretch on you know, and I understand they have a show to produce, and they want the show to go on as long as possible, mm-hmm. so they have this possible. So they have to kind of play with the truth a little bit. I really wish that they wouldn't do that. And mm-hmm. I, I will say this about Giorgio Sukulos: I have met this guy, and he is a fascinating number one. Just a, he's a fascinating person, super smart. Um, but one of the things that he has always said was that you notice that on some episodes. He's he doesn't make an appearance, or he may like you may see him like one little segment, or yeah, not even there at all. Segment. Yeah, and the reason that he does that is because if they are putting a spin on a topic that he does not agree with, or if it's something that he does not believe that this didn't happen or whatever, he will not appear on there yeah. and and try to make people believe it. Mm-hmm. So that's that's one of the things that I really admire about him is is the the fact that yeah yeah he's you know. A consultant and a producer and the main star of the show, but he's not selling his soul out to say, "Look, you know, I need to make some money." He's got he's got plenty of money by now, I'm mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. You know, um, one of the things that I don't like about Sukulos, uh, and, and I don't know if he has any control over this or not, but every damn time when it shows him on Ancient Ages, Giorgio Sukulos, producer or, or publisher, of ancient or producer of Legendary Times. Publisher, Legendary Times Magazine. There's no Legendary Times Magazine. It's a website. That's mm-hmm. all it's ever been is a freaking website. You ever looked it up? Look up Legendary Times. 
Mm-hmm. It's a freaking website that does really nothing except sell some Giorgio Tsoukalo stuff. Yeah. It really doesn't do anything. Right, right, I, right. I don't know if he has control over that or not. Because sometimes on those shows, the producers of the show just put up whatever to try to make, you know. But I don't know. I, I That's one thing that I, that I do not like about that. But he is a big supporter of Eric Von Donneken. They're like buddies. I mean, he loves him some Eric Von Donneken. You know, uh, and I've met Eric Von Donneken. Didn't really talk to him, but for like five minutes, so I can't form an opinion of him. Uh, but um, he's, you know, seemed like a down-to-earth guy. Yeah. But I, I've met a lot of the the uh, ancient alien guys on on the show there, thanks to going to to AlienCon. Mm-hmm. Now the, the the first one, you're never gonna get any better than that because it was not a true convention in the term of. You had to pay if you want to get your picture. You had to pay, you yeah, know, or if you want the autograph, you had to sign something, you know, or you had to pay something from them to get their autograph, whatever. This was literally they were just walking around, talking to people, and it was like a, a mother duckling with their baby ducks everywhere they went. There's like ten million people following behind them, yeah, 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 you know, and they they literally could not. I felt kind of sorry for them because there was no like security and there's like nothing. To separate them from the fans, mm-hmm. I'm sure they couldn't even go to the bathroom by themselves without having people follow them everywhere they went. But dude, they were very approachable. They loved it. They well, they relished it. They welcomed the people. Come talk to me, and you could talk to them for. They would talk to you as long as they could, you know. Now they're not going to sit down and have an hour long conversation with you, uh, but they would talk to you as long as they could. And all of them were very like down to earth dudes, man. It's not like, you know, okay, so they make their living doing this, you know, but that's not all that they're about. Yeah. There's more to them. I will have to say Jason Martell's choice in women is kind of skanky. I will say that. <laughs> Jason, no offense, man, but whew, yeah. Good, Jason. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> but he's <laughs> a good for real. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I mean, uh, so I got to I got to talk a little bit with with Giorgio, and uh, I went to a a, a special um, dinner that was you know it, he Sucolos kind of felt a little uncomfortable because I had him like on stage at this table, and we're supposed to be eating dinner. It was dinner with Giorgio, you yeah. know, and so they had him on on this raised up stage with a table with his food, and he's sitting there, you know, and he's like eating his food, and there's like. I don't know, 500 people or however, I think it was like 200 people that was in the audience and everybody's like looking at him and he's like chomping on his food and everybody's like looking at him. He's like, ooh, Giorgio's taking a bite of macaroni and cheese, you know? Yeah. And he was like, I really... That'd be a tad uncomfortable. <laughs> he's like, I really yeah. don't like this. <laughs> but, I mean, he, he spoke to, um, he answered everyone's questions. He spoke to, uh, very intelligently and, um, you know, he, he, he was like, hey, you know, some of this stuff, I'm absolutely 100% believe in support. Some of it I don't. You know, mm. some of it can be explained other than aliens. You know, mm. and some of it, some of it we don't know. Mm-hmm. But I mean, he really does. He, he he's like me. He really does believe that there's something to it. I, I, I would you know hope that he's not lying about that. But um, Von Donneken, uh didn't get a chance to talk to him, but for five minutes. But he seemed very very down to earth. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got him to somewhere. I have a. I got him to sign up. Autograph um, somewhere around here, but um, I need to put that up on the website. But, 
Yeah. So anyway, what's what what are you what what do you think about as a skeptic, Mr. Harrison? What do you, what's your opinion on Eric Von Donick? I, I I applaud Von Daniken for his um, skeptical approach. I I, I I applaud him for that. Um, the fact that he brings up these inconsistencies and the the anomalies all around the world and and ask questions about them is is laudable. You know that's that's the beginning of knowledge is asking questions. Right. Um, the the whole concept of aliens coming to our planet and messing around with us and and, and for whatever reason and then just and then just going away the that's I'll say is I wish it were true because the implications of that if it were true would be absolutely world-shattering, you know. It... But it is true. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> if there were aliens, right, we're, we're talking completely alien, right, they would have a biology completely different from ours because would they, they... Would they? Would they? What, there's, I mean, well, there's, making, two, well, there's a, two possibilities there, right? They so, would or wouldn't. E- right, either it's, you know... The, the, the sci-fi trope that, you know, all the aliens, you know, look just like us and speak English and just have little bumps on their head, you know, for something. Or they're, like, completely alien, right? Uh, if there was multiple genesis of life somewhere out in the universe, I which, which I hope there are, I, it, it would be ridiculous to think that there wasn't, well, because I was gonna, the universe we were gonna, is, we were gonna get into that, that here. In a we we're gonna get in here into that debate to, oh, to close this this out for oh, just dear. a second. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. oh yeah, and they would be. I mean, alien in the truest sense of the word, alien. They like wouldn't a giant be any, they, they wouldn't be anything like us, pitch. and they wouldn't be anything story. like us at the mole at the the true biochemical level you know would they breathe oxygen would they even be able to metabolize sugar like we do or would everything be absolutely toxic you know because it's alien a world of worlds you know um everything after you know three billion years ago is just window dressing because (laughs) once you got the the biochemistry of the cell down and working correctly the the rest of it is just fluff. Well, look. So the universe is. We don't even know how big the universe is. Yeah, we think we know, we know, but we really don't know. Yes, yeah, as far as we so can tell, it's the chances of us being the only intelligent sentient species, I think, is extremely low. Right, because as far as we can tell, the the basic chemistry of life exists everywhere right. in the universe. So, if there are other worlds that can support life it doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to support 
life things here on Earth. Have you just, we can't go to alien worlds and survive there, but there's probably something that can. I mean, we can't go. There is no other place in the universe that we've been able to find right now that would be able to support our life. Earth is our it. life. Our life. Earth our is life. Earth is it. This is right. all we got. So, so let's to to close this out. The, let me ask you guys this question, and I'll start with you first. Do you believe that there is life that exists on planets outside of our solar system? And if you do, do you think that they could possess the capability of being able to do interstellar travel? Um, yes, I do. The only issue, I so yes to both of those. Um, because I do think the universe is 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 bigger than we have any idea, and the probability that there exists a civilization out there that could do so, I think, is highly likely. Um, the only issue uh, that I come up against is the technology. Mm-hmm. So. How did they get here? Like, mm. what technology did they possess? Because clearly, either they had to possess some sort of, as far as we know, on our knowledge of interstellar mm. travel, they would have had to possess some sort of cryo-like system where they could slow down the body's natural processes, mm-hmm. or they would have to possess some sort of interstellar light speed travel. It, or something else. And if you're going faster than the speed of light, correct me if I'm wrong here, Mr. Scientist. You can't go faster than the speed of light. As far as we know. Shut up. Okay, listen to me here. <laughs> if we go faster than the speed of light, a la Star Trek, your favorite show ever, if right. we if, if there is that kind of technology, if we can go at that speed or faster, isn't it true that our metabolism would kind of our, our our aging or whatever would would not we would not age in the same as the rest of the world or as the rest of the the universe. So everybody else gets old, right? And we stay the same age. Yeah. Time, the perception yeah. of time is completely relative to the speed that you're traveling. Right. Or, or like in Interstellar, the movie. Have mm-hmm. you guys seen that? Yes. They were able to go through a wormhole. So instead of traveling through space, they were able they to fold it, fold it, and go through it. That's how I think that that if if extraterrestrial life is able to travel interstellar, I think that's how they do. Is they possess some sort of either knowledge or technology to create a wormhole as needed, right. or they know where the wormholes are to get them to cer- certain places. Right. True. Right. It, it essentially it would be completely magic to us. Yeah, there's, which there's, goes back to my com- there, there, earlier there's statement. Completely magic yes. to us, yes. you know, because the, the technology required for that is so far beyond us. It's it's insane. And the what you would what humans would physically need to be able to travel interstellarly, we, we can't do it. Not you know, now. Not now. Yeah, not Maybe now. sometime in the future. Hopefully, we can. But it's. You, genetic engineering we may have to re-engineer our our bodies to be able to cope with the the just just to be able to cope with space is what is preventing us 
from traveling to other worlds For because sure. you know just the radiation alone you're going to you know will kill us. Yeah, yeah. The bone loss from lack of gravity. Exactly. We we grew up on this planet literally, and we need it to sustain ourselves. And if we're not here, we're not going to survive. You yeah. know, so it will take modification of ourselves modification in technologies that we don't even have the best thing that we can hope for right now is you know our going off the tech the best ideas of technology and the best ideas of physics as we know it right now if we could push something to 10 percent the speed of light with fusion drives you know that would be that's probably the best that we could ever hope to achieve or with even the um pulsed nuclear drive from the the Orion um, type of spacecraft you know there's there's all that too but I kind of lost my train of, <laughs> I kind of lost my train of thought on yeah that. yeah no no I agree and I uh, I I'm, I'm just gonna mention a movie here again real fast go ahead um, uh, Avatar mm-hmm. oh god well, I that movie. yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, they, no. Well, I was as you were saying. I, I at the beginning they come out of cryo mm-hmm. and they're in a the yeah. giant spaceship. Right. So they do, they aren't going with the wormhole narrative or the light speed narrative. They're going with this planet was close enough, mm-hmm. and we were able to slow down our body's processes right, right. to uh, sustain us. Right. And then they found a planet that was habitable, but they still had to wear. Exactly. Masks exactly. Yeah, I mean, that, that's a that's a great yeah. example yeah. of something that's a quote tr- trying to be alien, yeah. and trying to represent how we would deal with that environment, yeah. stuff like that. So I mean, I give that was a, something that made the the movie a bit more credible. Yeah, I thought it was a good. The movie. they did, they yeah. they, they, yeah, they, I they tried that. to do a decent job. I like that part of it, but the the whole um, like plot narrative. Yeah. Well, yeah, you know, it, it's dances with aliens, right? Yeah, but, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> you know, Pocahontas. so I so yeah. I was going to ask you the same question that I asked Eric, and you've already kind of. Been, so yes, you know, I do believe that there is extra life out there. There, the, the, it's it's impossible not to. There has to be, <laughs> whether if, or not whether or not it's uh, a panspermia type situation where you have the you know (laughs) giggity that sounds kind of x-rated well you know trading the the ability for bacteria or microbes to be able to transit from one world to the next Mm -hmm. is is an interesting theory I hope that you know Someday we'll be able to get answers from that if we were able to eventually go to Mars or Europa or Enceladus and be able to actually find life there. If if that ever happens, if the life is similar to ours and the fact that you know it's got DNA or RNA or something like that and maybe even a, a gene that is remotely similar to any of our own, that would give credence to the panspermia argument because the fact that you know these two sources of life separated by millions of yeah. 
billions of miles, right, are similar, that's not uh, uh, an accident, right? Or whether or not if the life is completely alien to us whatsoever, right. I think that would answer that question. One it, of the that's two. one of the problems that I have with the theory of water is life. Mm. Is it, it, to a certain extent, yes, you can't have life without water. Life as we know it. Yes. Who's to say that there's other life out there that they don't need water? It's maybe they just need you know whatever food source or. Right. They don't even need that. Right. You know, who, who we knows? have no what, idea what, yeah. because we only know of one type of life, and that's life on Earth. Exactly. Because, and it's not a complete sure thing that where there is water, there is life, because there are places on Earth that uh, the, the volcanic fields in Ethiopia, I think, would be a, a good example of that. It is so hot. It is so toxic. It is so hypersaline and so acidic. I mean, it, you have negative pH values for the water that happens to be there. It is, mm. it, life can't grow. It, it's so hostile, you know. So, I mean, there, there's places, I'm sure, somewhere else in the universe where there is water, but... It's not it's the same just, kind of water. It's just so toxic. Yeah. But, you know, and then there's people have... Who's to say that, uh, the, that the life that's on that planet doesn't have to have that right, kind of water. Right, I mean, you could... Peop, uh, scientists have uh, speculated about this before. It's like, okay, what if there are silicon critters or, you know... Exactly. What would their biology be? Yeah. Uh, what if... Tholians. Right. What if you substituted ammonia for water? You know, what... What would your biology be? I, I, right. We we default the water simply because it is the universal solvent. Everything right. works great in it, right? And everywhere that on Earth that we find water, almost everywhere on Earth, we we find life. So we all agree that whatever we call life could be out there, other than life on Earth, but it could be different. And probably is yes. than what we know. I think right. we, we all agree on that. Agree. Right? Everybody's shaking their head. Right. Yeah. So then, why is it, in your opinion, not that plausible that some of that life, whatever it is, did not make its way here in the ancient past, or even is still coming to this day? But but since we're talking about ancient aliens here, why do you think that they're not billions of years ahead of us? as far as their existence and their technology, and why couldn't they have come here and interacted with our ancient ancestors? Well, I'll just have to turn the question right back on you. Why would they? Why? Why us? We're nobody in the middle of absolutely nowhere. Maybe it's because they do it everywhere they go, or maybe there's something that's unique about us. Just then, like their life existence is unique to us, our existence is unique to them. It's the same. Why do scientists do what they do? Why do scientists study ants, Mr. Harrison? Why do they put them in a in a aquarium and and keep them trapped in there and study the way they live and all that sorts of stuff to learn, mm-hmm. so they can learn about the ants? If if and maybe you know, and they figured out, hey, we can communicate with these people. They're not dumb. Well, As you yourself have said. Well, that's assuming that aliens would actually be interested in us whatsoever. If they're... And all this is just absolutely complete 
conjecture and speculation. Well, it's right. theory, ancient alien theory. <laughs> if you had a technology that was able to traverse light years, yeah, and we've said this earlier, they would be absolutely completely magical to us, right? <laughs> technology so far beyond us that you know it's in, it's impossible to 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 even comprehend. And that's assuming that where where am I going with this? I have no idea where you're going. Eric, do you have any <laughs> well, idea where back, this guy's I'm going? I'm a little lost on this one. Yeah. Why would they come here? Yeah, I think was was where we you were did going. ask that well, question, they, and I answered that question. Here? They would have to be somehow invested in something. We, I mean, logically speaking, if they are like us, they would have to have some reason to be here. Mm-hmm. You mentioned gold earlier. Maybe they somehow altered our DNA, which is theorized. That's what Sitchin says. Yeah. I think but where I would, where it doesn't, they don't have was, to have a reason though, other than look, there's a, a foreign, an alien species. We want to we want to learn how they work. If they are the, if they are that technologically advanced, they wouldn't need to come down and mess with us. I, I think is my point there. If if they're that advanced, they wouldn't have to. You know, they could probably look at us from a billion light years away. They wouldn't have to. You're right. We, we as as a species, you look at a grasshopper or an insect. Right. To that insect, we're probably some godlike figure because they don't, they can't comprehend what no. we are. No. Do we need to know how an, a, a grasshopper works? Do we need to know about its biology and what it eats? No, we don't. But we choose to learn about it because... We're interested in it. We want the knowledge. Yes. We want to know how it works. Yes. So they don't have to have any other reason other than knowledge. They mm-hmm. want to know how we work. Or power. But then they don't have to hide it. If they're that advanced. Well, back they then they didn't. Obviously they didn't. Now, if, why, if that actually occurred. Why, why are they hiding it now? I can't I can't answer that question. Right. I have no idea. I have I have I have, I, I, I admit I cannot answer that question and I have no theory. But for the same thing, though, I'm going to throw religion in here, and I probably shouldn't do this, but I'm going to. If you if you are a Christian and you believe the Bible, back in, back in biblical times, God spoke to us. And he set bushes on fire and spoke to us through the bushes, and he, he interacted with us directly. Doesn't do that anymore. Hasn't done that in a long, long time. Why? Why did God stop doing that? So if they're coming back, why haven't they come back? Exactly. And so now, if I say, well, God told me I needed to do this. Mm-hmm. You know? I'm looked at as, well, he's he's crazy. Put him in the nut house. Give him some psych drugs. He's crazy because he says God's telling him to do X, Y, and Z. If you say, well... I believe in ancient aliens and I was abducted last night and I had my anus probed. You know? Uh, I mean, are you are you going to are you are you going to are you going to put that person in the nut house too? Are you just going to say, "Oh, well, that's just he's just it's just a fantasy or that that's more accepted these days than it is to say God told me to do something." Yes. And, true. and unfortunately, but then of course we also burned a whole bunch of people in Salem for you know, for essentially well, being witches. Well, more people like have been that. killed over religion than any other. Right. Most wars and are fought over 
over potential ergot poisoning. Yeah. You know, from contamination of the exactly. wheat, you know, and we, we had no conception of what was really going on. Un, you know, unfortunately, most people today who say God told me to do such and such, most of the time what they're doing in the name of God is something that's kind of illegal, like killing people. Right. You know, but I'm going to pose this question just for controversy's sake. Who is to say that God didn't tell them to go out and kill these people? Yeah. You know, I mean, is, is he crazy? Or did God really speak to him and say, if you believe in me, go kill these people? He or, did the same thing to Abraham, right? He said, right. sacrifice your son. If you, if you believe in me and you want me in your life, kill your kid. Right, God completely. And he was ready him. to do it. He God was ready to do it, but he man, stopped. Just kidding, man. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. No, but, 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 but my point is, God has proven to, if you believe in the Bible, and it's written in the Bible, God has proven that he will do stuff like that. I mean, he wiped out, he's responsible for wiping out everything on earth because he didn't like his own creation, right? He right. created the flood and killed 99% of the earth's population. So who's to say that God's not saying, hey, if you believe in me, if you want to worship me and you want me to do great things for you, I need you to prove your worth and do the Abraham well, sacrifice of the son it, type thing. It, it, Maybe not necessarily meaning that he wants them to go do it, but he wants them to to like commit to it. Mm-hmm. And then they just take it too far. Because Abraham was going to do it, but God stepped in and stopped him. Right? Maybe he's falling down, slipping down on, on his being able to stop it. I don't know. I'm just throwing that out there. And now we've taken a whole separate turn away from, from aliens. Right. So I'm going to stop that right there because that's for a whole other show. But Well, the but implication anyway. is that billions of people have their religious belief based on a schizophrenic. Mm, so maybe. That, there's your implication. Right but, there. I mean, you know, there's also uh, hundreds of thousands or millions of people who are like me who believe in the ancient ancient, ancient alien theory, you know, and if I say, well, aliens told me to do it, am I crazy? Or did my, did my alien overlords really tell me to do it? I think you need to wear some Is God an alien? I mean, <laughs> I mean if you take, great, kind of look at the definition, God story. is an alien because he's not of this earth. Right. Yeah. It's a great story, and we have no answers for it. I mean, yeah. if, if aliens came here... <sighs> We don't even have the slightest proof of it other than a stone structure, and we have absolutely no idea how it was built. Well, we have to, that, we have to wait until the aliens come back and say, yep, we did it. We have no... Validation. Is that pyramid right there? That was my granddad. We have <laughs> no evidence to, to actually say that, yes, there was an alien, because if there was, it would completely change our But we don't have any evidence that says, no, it wasn't there's either. No, I mean, if... There's no technology left behind. There's no genetic evidence left behind. Maybe there is technology left behind. We just don't know what it is yet. Maybe there is. And if I mean, they're saying that the pyramids were some sort of like, you know, power. Power grid. Yeah. Right. And if we do find the evidence, it would change the world. And so I'm just saying, show me me the proof. Show me the money. Show me the money. Where's the money? So we're we're running out of time. So I'm gonna, John Harrison, do you or do you not believe that there's a possibility that in our distant past aliens came to this planet, visited us, and helped us? 
as great of a story as it is, you know. No. Eric, same question. Yes, I am I am still on the fence uh, and I, I do think there's a possibility. Well, you know what I think. I, I, I really do think that we were helped out in the past by people who are not of this this earth. I'm not saying they built the structures, I'm saying they helped us. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. Why they're not coming back now and doing the same thing, why they're not continuing, I don't know. Maybe they're like, ah, oh, man, these people. <laughs> or they're, just some, you know, they're somewhere else right now doing yeah. the same thing. Maybe they, they are. Yeah. Maybe maybe they accomplished their mission and said, yeah. okay, we're going to go over to this other solar system here, and then we'll be back in a few hundred thousand years. We gave them enough and knowledge. And see how, how they've progressed. Yeah. You well, know, we have astronomers looking at the sky every night. Exactly. Every night, exactly. all over the world, mm-hmm. and trying to find some type of evidence that, ooh, you know, the, the spectrum from this star is is not exactly what it should be. Why yeah. is it not? Could it be an, an alien megastructure and stuff like that? Mm-hmm. And it, people are looking for it, you know, and if we were to find something... It would be awesome. But you you got to admit, though, that there are unexplained aerial phenomenon sightings every day all over the world. Yes. Now, not all of them are, you know, flying saucers from another world. Right. Um, I have had a UFO experience. I've seen a UFO. I have no idea. It was cigar-shaped, and it was white, and it was flying and not making any noise, and it was kind of low. Mm. I have no idea what the hell it was. I'm not saying it was a spaceship from another world. I'm saying I don't know what the hell that thing was, and it freaked me out. And it was in the middle of day. Mm. <laughs> you know, middle of daylight. So I have no idea what it was. But, you know, you have to admit, as a scientist and a skeptic, that there are things that happen like that all the time, every day. Yes. But they're not all from another world, but some of them could be. The possibility is there. I will not Aha! I will not Aha! discount that. The so possibility I changed his mind. No, <laughs> I'm saying I want to see the proof. <laughs> Show me the money. Show me the money. Well, next time I mean and everybody when you, has when a cell you phone, have a everybody a UFO has a cell phone nowadays. Everybody yeah. has a cell oh, phone. Oh god, you you said everybody this last has night. a camera. Where Come on, man. <laughs> so there, we were talking are... about the Bermuda Triangle last night. Oh, okay. And he made this exact comment. And yeah. my answer to that was the people who are recording it with their cell phones and everything, they're the ones that are disappearing, so their cell phone and shit disappears too. Yeah. With all the evidence. It's just, the, that's possible. Because the, the UFO base is underwater. Underneath. Right, yeah. it's underwater. And well, unidentified submerged objects are honestly oh, yeah. sometimes more fascinating than Yeah, UFOs. I did. Uh, speaking of USOs, and I did some unidentified submerged objects. I did a whole episode of that years ago. You should check it out. Oh yeah, I have to yeah. track back. Yeah, listen yeah. to that. So uh, anyway, so we're we're running out of time. So I, I think it's safe to say we, we've had a pretty good debate. Yeah, and I think it's safe to say that no one's Absolutely. minds have been changed <laughs> whatsoever. No, I'm, I'm still where I am. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> pretty much the same. Yeah, <laughs> you know, if if but in. In all but, honesty, if if I had to to say for just for me though, um, I'm still an open-minded skeptic on this topic. Do I believe that we had some interaction with some ancient aliens in the past? I absolutely do. I think I think that they provided us with some tools and and, and knowledge mm-hmm. on how to to build some of these structures and do some of the things that we've done. Right. I do not think that it is a 
blanket wide description for everything that you know yes. everything that we don't know cannot be answered by aliens right and I'm still open-minded about the entire issue too and you know I just wanted to make a, a comment on the fact that no no one's minds were changed and nobody really got convinced of anything else but the fact that we were able to have a discussion about our opinions even though they were different is incredibly important nowadays especially with the world becoming more hyper-partisan and everybody keeping into their own little bubble and not being receptive to listening to other people's ideas. It's very important that we're able to do this and be able to walk away and shake our hands and, hey, yeah. let's let's go have a beer. I still hate you just as much now as I did before this started. So. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's one of the reasons, what you were saying right there, though, uh, in all seriousness, the reasons why Eric and I do these podcasts that, that we do is because we, we want to know, we're looking for answers, and what better way to really look for answers than to get get it out there? I mean, we're just a small part of a very big community that's doing very similar podcasts. For sure. You know, but I don't know about you, Eric, but I feel very privileged to be part of that community that is posing all these questions and giving people an outlet for their theories and giving them, giving us a way to connect with each other. Because I've made a lot of connections through the years doing this podcast, and I made some friends, and some of them are like, their beliefs are way the hell out there in left field. I'm like, yeah, you're a good guy, but I'm not going to hang out with you. you know. And there are some people who have totally like changed my mind about some things, mm-hmm. you know. So um, I'm very I'm very privileged, and I'm, no, I'm yeah, and I, I am too. And I'm so glad that I met you, Eric, because I have so much enjoyed having uh, someone come on the show who is just has a, has a fresh perspective, mm. and you're not afraid to to like throw out a challenge or whatever. You know, you're like I don't know about that, but what about this? Yeah, you know. And I really appreciate that. And Thank that's, you. Yeah, I really Thank appreciate you. that. So we're we're winding down with the show and I just wanted to make an announcement before we uh, we close out this is the last episode of the podcast that I'm going to be doing this year uh, I'm going to be taking the rest of the season off to uh, celebrate the holidays with my family and not have to worry about trying to put a podcast together and come up with a topic and update Facebook and Twitter and websites and all this other sorts of stuff. I just want to have a little bit of a, of a vacation. So this is going to be the only episode of the show that I do in December, and then I will be back uh, on January the 6th, which is the first Friday of the month. Uh, and sp- speaking of, of the podcast and everything, there are going to be some major changes to the podcast coming up for 2020. I'm going to start off a new season with, and I'm, I'm not going to tell everybody what I have in store, but hopefully the website's going to be expanded some. You're going to see some changes with the way that things uh, uh, look and feel. And hopefully I will be able to start doing some, some live shows like I used to do in the past. I really have been saying for years I want to get back to doing live shows, but podcasting is so popular, you know, do a lot of live podcasts anymore, but I'm I'm really every once in a while going to start doing some live podcasts, and probably no one will listen, but you never know. <laughs> but uh, 
Yeah, the uh, Perrialty is going to come back next year, and we're going to have uh, a new feel, a new new look to the show. I got some major changes that I'm really excited about, um, and it, it's it's going to be, I think, one of the best seasons ever coming in 2020. I've got some guests that I'm lining up already. I got people who are interested in being on the show. John Harrison may even be here. Eric, yeah, so stay def- tuned. Yeah, <laughs> Eric is definitely going to continue co-hosting once Amen. a month and uh yeah i'm really super excited about all of the stuff that i've got coming up I, I i know i'm kind of being vague about it but i'm doing that on purpose because if i tell everybody what's going on then it won't be a surprise right yeah you gotta, so yeah you gotta I, I, some info. yeah man i gotta have you know keep keep the hook uh, right there <laughs> you know come back for more well the fact you know. that you actually wearing having to wear clothes while you're doing the podcast that's that's an improvement well that's only because i have other people in the room <laughs> Hey, I did the same thing. <laughs> so yeah, we're not gonna, even going to go. <laughs> but I, I want to uh, thank my my co-host Eric for being a part of tonight's conversation. Eric, as always, yes. pleasure having you co-hosted. Thank you. And I want to thank Mr. John Harrison for playing the skeptic role and taking a big shit on all my beliefs and theories. Thanks a lot. <laughs> thank you both. I really yeah, enjoyed it. Yeah. So, uh, everybody, I hope that you enjoyed tonight's show. Let me know what you thought about it by sending me an email at sandman at parareality.com. And speaking of parareality.com, that's where you can find out all kinds of stuff about the world of parareality. You can listen to current and past episodes of the show. If you click on the Extras tab, you can join the official Parareality Radio Forum, which is free to join, which nobody uses, so that's going away in 2020. You can shop at the Parareality Radio Store. You can watch some show videos and other stuff like that. Also, don't forget to look up Parareality Radio on Facebook, because I do have a Facebook page. It is, guess what, Parareality Radio. And you can follow me on Twitter. My handle is at Radio. Uh, <coughs> oh, my God, I'm dying. I post a lot of interesting... <coughs> uh, I'm okay. Please, don't try to rescue me, okay? Throat punch. Yeah. <coughs> I post a lot of interesting stuff on Facebook and I Twitter. I CPR. Uh, oh, God. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna just put that out of my out of my head because that brought up picture images of mouth to mouth resuscitation that I do not want to see ever again. Thanks a lot. You're Thank welcome. You. I, uh, you know, oh, I'm here God. to help. What was I saying? Uh, just there now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So like I was saying, I post a lot of interesting stuff on Facebook and Twitter, like upcoming shows and special guests, interesting articles and stuff. And and uh, I have uh, a new section of the website. It's updated just about every day with the latest and greatest paranormal and weird news, UFOs, ancient aliens, stuff like that. Not just paranormal stuff, but all kinds of weird and interesting stuff. So if you want to get your daily dose of of weird news, you need to make sure that you subscribe to the RSS feed on my news page, which is very easily done. Uh, So, uh, yeah, man, make sure you follow me on on Twitter at Radio. Join the Facebook page. I don't have a group. It's just a Facebook page. And that's Parareality Radio on Facebook. And, hey, did you know that you can now listen to Parareality Radio wherever you listen to your favorite podcast at? Spotify, Spreaker here, which is where I host the show. You got Google Play, Stitcher, Hmm. Player FM. Uh, What what else we got? Uh, Deezer. That's one. Yeah. All the top. 
All yeah. the top guys. Yeah, it's yeah. set for Apple Podcasts. Still haven't got that shit worked out because I haven't worked on it yet. That's going to be waiting for 2020. So in 2020, you'll be able to listen to it on on, on Apple Podcasts or whatever they're calling it. These is it Apple Podcasts. Yeah. 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 So that's that's I'm gonna save that for 2020. So anyway, it, it if you've got anything other than Apple and you want to listen to the podcast, you can do it on whatever, wherever your favorite podcast platform is. And if you got one of those smart speakers, you can just listen to it on your smart speaker by enabling any one of those skills. Like if you have an Alexa device. Just say, you know, open She's up. She's always lurking. Yeah, just say, you know, Alexa, open up. She's you know, listening. Stitcher or whatever. Yeah. She's and, listening. and say, play Prayer Reality Radio. So, yeah. So, there you go. Let's see. How much time do we have left in the show? Oh my God, I have three and a half minutes. Dang. So, Eric, how can people Where can get they in? find me? Yes. Yes. Um, you can find me on Twitter at World We Live Pod. Um, you can email me at World We Live in Podcast at gmail.com. Um, yeah, anything you want, stories, ideas, whatever. Um, and then, yeah, find us on the easiest for me is Apple Podcasts. Um, I'm a huge Apple guy. Um, and World We Live in Podcast. Um, but I'm also on uh, all the ones that Sandman mentioned yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, Mr. John Harrison, I know you have no social media platform. No. You're not on Facebook. No. You will you... find me exploring somewhere out in the <laughs> wilds of the, so, the desert southwest. Basically, ladies and gentlemen, he does not want you getting in touch with him whatsoever. So, really, but seriously, you have you you do not do social media, so you have no Facebook. No, no I know. I, I you don't, I don't do Twitter do. or Instagram, no, nothing like that. You, I know you have an email address, but that's a private email address right, that I'm right. not I'm not going to give out here. So, yeah, yeah, it's my opinion that social media has been one of the biggest society. <laughs> risks to our liberal democracy that we have ever had in our our collective history. You know, I agree so with you. I, I, I agree I, with you. I'm not a fan of Facebook. I'm not a fan of Zuckerberg or. You know, or, I'm not a huge fan of Facebook of either. But but doing the podcast and everything, you just about gotta have it. Yeah, you know? yeah. yeah. It, it's it's yeah. a necessary evil for you. Yeah, yeah. Sure, and, yeah. But no, I, I I try to avoid it as much as possible. So, everybody, if if you have a question for John Harrison. The yep. easiest way that you can do that is just email me. Yes. Sandman at parareality.com. Yes. I have John Harrison's contact information. I will forward your, your question, your comment, or whatever to Mr. Harrison, and I will make sure that he gets back and in touch would, with you, either uh, through me or through some other medium. Maybe yes. I can just Absolutely. record an MP3 of you answering their question and making them feel stupid, taking a big shit on their beliefs. Right. Like you did on mine. <laughs> So that's how you can get in touch with uh, Mr. John Harrison. And hopefully I'll have you back on the, 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 the podcast I hope very so. soon. Yeah, yeah definitely. definitely. Yeah, it's, definitely. We always get uh, good uh, good reviews whenever you're on for some strange reason. I have no idea why. <laughs> you're just calling <laughs> after your bullshit. That's why. Yeah. So, <laughs> everybody, uh, next uh, next uh, time the podcast is going to be available is going to be on Friday, January the 6th, 2020. Mm, God. New, de- you know, yeah. new decade. That's right. Friday. January 6, 2020 at 8 o'clock p.m. Going to have a new, uh, oh man, all brand new show, new season, new show, just new everything. New, 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 new. It's going to be great. So make sure you turn on, tune in, and find out. And as always, I hope that this uh, podcast opens up your mind to new ways of thinking, expands your consciousness, wherever I heard this before, and produces a change in the way you see the world. If you wish to change, you must lift the veil of ignorance that has been cast over your eyes. 
Only then will you see the true power of the universe. I hope everyone has a wonderful holiday. Happy Thanksgiving, happy guys. Happy holidays. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Christmas. Happy, Merry, yeah, Merry Christmas. Christmas. Merry ha- Christmas. Happy New Year. All that sorts of stuff. Everybody listening out there in the internet world, same thing to you. Have a great Thanksgiving, Christmas, and New Year's. And I will see you guys again on Friday, January 6, 2020 at 8 o'clock p.m. Central Time. Take care, everybody. We'll see you. If you wish to change, you must first lift the veil of ignorance that has been cast over your eyes. Only then will you see the true power of the universe.